Multi-team or even whole organisational agility, business agility, whatever it is you would like to label it as, has never been easy. And there has been a huge number of frameworks over the years that have come and gone. Some have stood the test of time, others haven't. But all of them, well, I say all of them, most of them have had pretty good, strong values at their core. The Less Matters podcast is here for more than just less stuff. This podcast exists to help you get to grips with multiple team agile, to help you get to grips with how to scale, or even just how to be a better agilist and agile leader yourself, to accelerate your performance and the performance of those around you. Here at Less Matters, we are going to be having lots of chats with people that maybe have never even heard of Less before, but have brilliant, informative, valuable things to share with all of us. So, here we go. Without any further ado, let's get on to this week's Less Natter. Hello and welcome to the Less Matters podcast. My name is Ben Maynard. I'm trying to make the intro shorter. I am joined by my friend Nisha. Hello, Hello. 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 Nice to have you back. Nice to be back on this sunny day. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. The time today, the time of the date today is the 21st of April in the year 2022. And in your southeast, aren't you? Southeast of the UK. I am middle of the UK, actually. Just, yeah, just below, well, middle-ish, just below Milton Keynes. But not, not in the north. I am not in the north, no. So that's okay then? Yeah, I mean, you know, we do get some sun. We do get some sun up here occasionally and we get yeah. really happy about it. Yeah. I'm, 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 because I live in the Southeast, I think everyone lives in the Southeast. That's the, the main, one of the many flaws of being from the South is that you think everyone's from the South. But the weather here in the UK today is beautiful. And I, it is lovely. The weather's gorgeous. It is. And I wanted to talk about something in particular with you. Nisha, mm-hmm. because in our little warm-up chat where we're talking about things that absolutely maybe should never go on, a, on a, an agile-based podcast, I got riled up because you said something which I I believe I really believe in, and we were got jumbled that up. It was around models and validity and testing of models. And models being like models defined in the agile world. What was it? Can you remember with more elegance what it was that you said? (laughs) So we were talking about models um, that are presented to us either as leaders or those that are working in the agile space and mainly around you know, teams, um, agile thinking, introducing more agility, uh, getting to grips with our kind of our levels of decision making, that kind of thing. And my, 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 the skeptical side of my mind is always saying to me, how proven are these models? So we take things as given because we're either trained in a particular model or trained to see a particular perspective using a model. 
but how proven are they? You know, how, mm -hmm. how road tested are they? Do we stop to ask ourselves that or do we just flow along with the model? As an upfront disclaimer to this, what we are not saying, I think, Nisha, correct me on this, is that no models are any good unless there is some kind of data empirical related validity which can be assigned to it. I guess models can be really effective and useful without having that research done on them. It's more the fact that, at least on the face of it, we're not confronted consistently with heaps of peer-reviewed data research into the models which we spend a lot of our time espousing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But the I'm again, these are my musings, right? My private musings around certain models that I've come across, and what I think about is, you know. Yes, you don't need heaps and heaps of data to know whether something works and don't need to be confronted with that. But it'd be really cool to have some awesome examples of where some of these things actually have worked. So here you go. All right. Mm. Here's a different way to think about it. Okay. Now, I was reading a book. Ah, that was it. I think I remember the name of the book. It will come to me in a second. Perhaps it was The Culture Code. If it was The Culture Code, I'm pleased I didn't go and buy it again last night because then I've got two copies. It will come back to me. It was The Culture Code. It was The Culture Code. Now, I was reading The Culture Code after reading all these rave reviews. And what struck me in The Culture Code was the lack of actual application of the approach, techniques, principles which we were being espoused. Because what the book seemed to consist predominantly of was situations where the author had searched out case studies, examples mm -hmm. of the thing which he was trying to back up and then would say, look at um, scenario X with this person. And if you look at that, you can see that this idea is here or from this we can say that this is then really useful and that mm. really and i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna use a bit of a naughty word that really pissed me off because okay. all i could think was what but have you actually done any of this i could spend my life looking around for instances of things to confirm my own biases and to prove the things that i am saying i could cherry pick all kinds of information but what am i actually proving well, you're not proving anything if it's just coming from things that you are picking. You kind of need um, a view of how some of these models work in real mm -hmm. life settings, right? And this is this is the clincher. So if, That's what I would look for. Yeah, but then you come up, but then what if your model is a collection of principles which you have drawn out of varying different scenarios? then your model is a collection of different inferences. Mm, true. Now, this came to the fore for me when I saw a good friend of mine, Boz Voda, having a very heated conversation with some of another good friend of mine, where Boz was saying about a certain model, but have you ever actually seen it applied? Mm. Like, has someone actually ever taken this model and said, we are going to use 
this model and let's see what results we get by really focusing on using this model. And then it all became a little bit clear for me because around the same time I I listened to a podcast around something called inductive versus deductive reasoning. Tell me about that. Inductive reasoning is developing a theory based upon something which you've observed. So something has already happened and you look at that and you pull something out and say, oh, that's an interesting theory. And often research ideas can come from this type of phenomenon where you're observing something and when you look at that and you say, that's a very interesting observation. What can I learn from that? And you extract a model, a theory, whatever it may be, a hypothesis, out from what's happened. Now, scientifically, in order to prove that that theory, that hypothesis, that model is is valid, you would then do deductive reasoning to explicitly test that idea through experimentation. Mm -hmm to deduce that it is true or not. And then perhaps you do that and you end up in this loop, an empirical loop. So what I believe has happened in the agile world at times is that too many models, and I would say even in the broader literature world, too many books are written purely based upon inductive reasoning with no deductive reasoning then applied to actually test the thing in its entirety. Is that up to us, Ben? Because to some extent, we would take that. I mean, those books have already been written, right? They've gone to press. Those ideas are Mm -hmm. out there. And great, we can learn something from them, right? And and take some of that as a basis and apply it. But also, that's that's like a responsibility in the agile world that maybe we should take on. You know, as in those working in the delivery space, those within agile to say, actually, we're taking this model. We're going to test it. We're not going to take it as gospel. We're going to test it and see if it works, mm. develop a control scenario, develop some of those experiments and, and really kick the mm. tires on it. You're right. Up to us or up to them. But that's when it gets hard, isn't it? No, it is yeah. up to us. I mean, it is, it's up to whomever, whoever gets a beer in their bonnet and wants yeah. to do something about it rather than trying to record an interesting <laughs> podcast about it. Exactly. I, I believe that... There's something that we could all do, but I wonder if some of the models that we are talking about or thinking about are just too big to effectively test and the stakes are too high for somebody to take the gamble of doing, you know, to try something and really focus only on doing that. Or if you're looking at doing it in in real experimentation, you're never going to find two companies, two teams, two groups that are the same. So to do any real control group on it, you know, or to to do like a placebo and it's really hard to do in a really scientific manner but this is always the problem when it comes to anything social sciencey it's really hard to to really rigorously prove but you you can prove it for the teams that you're working with at that time so you can prove in a contextual capacity take those learnings with you but be prepared to again to change because no team no organization no scenario that you're going to face is going to be the same so you can't you're you're absolutely right you can't have a a controlled group because you're going to move on yourself as an agile leader into another scenario and then another one and then another one so i guess it's to take those learnings but don't don't think that those learnings that you found in a working with a particular team are also um, a cookie cutter for another team. Mm. 
which is interesting, isn't it? Because is that not what a lot of books are based off of? It's interesting, some books you can read, and, yeah, and don't get me wrong, this is absolutely part of me just having a bit of an axe to grind because I, I, find, it, I find it curiously frustrating. Yeah. And there's definitely some soul-searching I need to do, but it's when you read... I think that one of the, you could argue a dangerous element of it is when books are written based upon inductively, draw, inductively concluded models which people then believe that they can go and apply mm. and be successful and they and they won't be. And I think that's part of the danger. Yeah, yeah. There, that is a very real danger and I'm glad we're speaking about it because, you know, and I know that fellow um, Agile leaders and, you know, team members that I've worked with also recognise that that yeah, those models are there, but those models are to be applied with a sense of discrimination, with a, with a deep understanding of your environment as well, um, as well as the factors mm. that you are dealing with within your organization. It's, you know, very rarely can you apply these things as a, as a blueprint. It's why I was questioning, um, you know, the validity of these in terms of the extent to which they are proven in in my in my thoughts whilst i was i was looking through a few today one of the major exceptions or close to exceptions i can that springs to mind and maybe this won't be a surprise to some is the work done 15 15 ish years ago by craig larman and Boswoda. because they took this thing which was emerging called scrum and then spent many years rigorously experimenting with different parts of it and documenting their experiments and figuring out what worked and what didn't. And when you look at the first less book, which I think is Principles for Scaling Agile Lean Development, it talks about systems thinking and queuing theory. It talks about feature teams and it's a really useful book. And then the second book is essentially, I think it's a collection of around 500 different experiments, maybe even more of where they took all these ideas and said, yeah, we tried this, and they made recommendations, try this, like, try this, then avoid it. Like, avoid this. And it is all their experiments. And so Les was born through lots of inductive and then deductive research. And it wasn't scientific in, in the most pure sense of the world, but I feel that it's one of the the few models frameworks out there which has had a level of due diligence done over a good period of time i'm not saying that makes it better but I, it's only one of one of the only ones i can think of where that effort has gone in what is your level of trust on on those experiments can i ask that's a great question and it's a lot of them maybe aren't as relevant today as they were back then at least in the uh, in, in the in the detail principally perhaps but in the detail perhaps not however i spent i don't know nine months maybe actually running the experiments myself very cool with with a few teams yeah. and and we we achieved really interesting and dare i say somewhat uh uh successful effects from running the experiments in the book because when i was reading the book i just was like oh hold on a minute i've got that problem and then they tried this and i would go in and try it and we'd be like oh wow okay that has solved this problem and given us 
many more, much more, many more, much more interesting problems to solve. Mm. And so my level of trust in some of them is quite high because I, I went and, and ran them myself. So this, so this is why I'm saying like, what Laman and Vodder have actually done is given, is set a mindset, almost set a, a precedent for that experimentation mindset that you need to have. Like if you if you take Scrum, how many of us are actually practicing Scrum in its pure sense? And why has it been left intentionally vague in certain areas? It is, my belief is, so that you can experiment, you can apply it to your environment. Um, because environments are different. Influences are different. Legacies, mm. in t- including legacy mindsets, are different. So... Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm well up for that experimentation and I think for Laman and Vodder to actually point out experiments that they carried out which didn't work inspires more trust and it, mm. it's in the spirit of openness and I think that's what people should be sharing more and more when it comes to applying scrum when it comes to applying other frameworks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uphill battle though. Maybe we can get together some other time and talk about talk about ideas for maybe collecting some of this information. Mm. But I feel, Nisha, that perhaps our time should come to an end because we've been, we've been talking maybe for a bit longer than we had intended. I don't know. Maybe not. I know, but it's fascinating. We wanted to keep these ones yeah, short. Let's, let's keep this one short. Let's keep this one short. We'll do our best to keep them short. But we'll get you back for another, for another chat. Yeah. For sure, I'm up for that. About about a different topic, something something leadership based. Absolutely, I'm up for it. Nisha, thank you. Thanks for having me on on this great day. Like we're in the middle of the day, but I just I want to go know. to the garden to work right now. You know. Well, I'm, I'm looking out in my garden, and all I can see is my washing. <laughs> the joys of having an office in front of a washing line, poorly placed. Nisha. One a, a last challenge for you. Something I tried out on my friend the Magnus the other day. Okay. If you were to sum up this conversation in a single word, what would that word be? Experimentation, people. That's what it would be. Experimentation. Okay. Thank you very much, Nisha. Thank you very much, Ben. It's been nice having you here as well. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Really appreciate everything you do. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, do be sure to stay tuned, if that is something that you can still do in podcasts, to the Less Matters podcast, because we'll be having more excellent conversations with Nisha coming up and other conversations with myself and other people. So we look forward to welcoming you back at some point in the immediate future. Stay safe. And if you can, and it's nice where you are, do you know what? Even if it's not, even if it's not nice weather, even if it's raining or snowing or it's terrible out there weather wise, just find some way to enjoy it. Life's too short to be unhappy about the weather. That's it. Get outside, guys. See you all soon. Bye. What a brilliant conversation. Do you know what? I really enjoy talking to people, as you can probably tell. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to it too. Now, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, give us your feedback. The more attention that we get, the easier it makes it for me to free up the time to record these podcasts and edit them, to add videos onto the YouTube channel for Less Matters community. So please do give us your feedback, share it, like it, love it. 
give us your suggestions. My name is Ben Maynard. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Less Matters podcast. Until next time, stay safe and we'll see you then.